Fathers, both physical and spiritual, are essential to the growth and maturity of young men. Today on the Nobleman Podcast, we speak with Ed Gomes about earning the right to father young men. Well, folks, welcome to the Noble Man Podcast. We're continuing to have conversations about mentoring, and we're we're leaning into a, a very special, a biblical form of mentoring right now called fathering. Many of you guys are familiar with that. You've had fathers, you are fathers, and I've got a special guest with us today. So excited to have Ed Gomes, who's the chaplain of the Liberty Flames football team. He's been with us before, but this is a guy who invests in a lot of young men and understands what it means to be not only a biological father to his own kids, but a spiritual father to a lot of other kids. So, Ed, welcome to the Noble Man Podcast. I appreciate you being with us. Good to be with you, Mike. Excited about it. I'm ready, buddy. Let's go. Hey, listen, when we when we first got started, we're recording this uh, early in August. You guys are getting ready to start uh, your training camp. So give us, give us a quick update on what the Liberty Flames football team looks like going into this uh, 2022 season. Well, we've had a great uh, summer. Guys have worked hard in the weight room. I kind of feel like this has been our best summer in the weight room. Great chemistry. The expectations are high. And so I think our guys are chomping at the bit to start uh, training camp tomorrow. And then before you know it, uh, it'll be uh, the first game of the season. Uh, There's a great enthusiasm. The thing that I'm excited about is the opportunity to, to build and to pour into the lives of these young men. And so right now, this summer has been about building relationships earning the right to speak into the lives of these young men. So I'm excited, brother. I think my hair's beginning to grow back again. <laughs> Your hair's beginning to grow back. Oh, my goodness. This is just some strong stuff you're dealing with, Ed. If it's going to grow hair back on that head, that is amazing. Hey, listen, I, I love what you said about this summer has been about building relationships and earning the right to speak into the lives of other men. Now, you are not, you're not a young guy. How old are you, Ed? I know you don't mind telling me this. I'm going to be 69 next month. 69 next month. So I talk to a lot of guys who say, I just can't relate to this younger generation. I I, I can't figure out how to have a conversation with a college-age kid or college-age young man. Let me rephrase that. So Ed, talk to us. Give us some encouragement about how do you develop the relationship with these athletes and earn the right to speak into their lives. What does that look like? Because you're a generation or two removed from these guys. Uh, you're, you're, you're like their grandfather. So how, how do you develop those relationships? Well, first of all, you got to be internally motivated and uh, have a genuine love, a genuine desire to see God do something in the lives of, of these young men. And, and those are the things that I think are very important. You know, they always ask me, hey, you want to, you know, you want to go on a basketball court. Hey, you you want to run a drill with me? I said, hey, big dog, my running drills and my playing on the basketball court, them days are over. We had a big old paintball team team bonding. I said, fellas, I'm directing traffic. That's all. I ain't getting out there with you guys. I'll, I'll be the first one in the trainer's room. So, so, again, the key is being internally motivated and genuinely wanting to love and serve these young people. And that means being intentional about being willing to earn the right to speak into their lives. I don't worry about my age. And and part of that is being where they are. So it sounds like you went to the paintball tournament and cheered for them and you're engaging with them and you want to be present. You want to build that relationship. So you're making that an important part, a priority in your life. Yeah. And you know, it's amazing too, Mike, when you think of Jesus and you think about how he ministered, 
he was always at the right spot doing the right thing with the right people. He was always right there where the people were. And so my office, I'm right near the training room. I love being where I'm at because I get a chance to be an encouragement to the young men that are rehabbing. So it's about being where they're at. Now, so those you're there with a lot of guys who are rehabbing, guys who have gotten hurt, injured in some way. How many guys do you see that come in with what we might call a father wound? That's something that there is a broken or fractured relationship with their dad. And uh, that has a tendency to cast a shadow on how they see life and what they end up doing. How much of an experience are you having with that with these players? You know, usually, Mike, you you see that by what someone says or by what someone does. So when I see a certain behavior that doesn't look normal, there's usually a good chance there's not been a dad in the picture. And you're absolutely right that sometimes our coaches, uh, sometimes our administrators, sometimes it's me. We become that dad. You know, some of our guys have never seen their dad. Some of our guys have never talked to their dad. Some of the some of our guys don't even know who their dad who their dad is. And so, usually, uh, there's something that is said or something that's done that kind of alerts us, and then that's the opportunity to engage in conversation to get to know that guy, so that you can find out just where he's at because. There are some things that show up that indicate that dad's not been in the picture. Yeah. So what's a, what's an example of something like that? Maybe it's how he treats girls or how he carries himself or or give me an example of some types of things that you might see that you'll say, hey, I, I need to get a little bit closer to this guy. Sometimes it shows up in his language. You know, you'll hear words that, you know, you normally uh, you normally don't you don't hear from someone that has a dad that has taught him that you don't use that kind of language. You know, what's amazing too, Mike, is sometimes the language uh, doesn't just indicate that there might not be a dad there, but sometimes the language uh, also indicates that there is a dad there, but this young man has chosen not to be and do who he's supposed to be. So again, that provides a conversation, but there's usually, uh, and sometimes you'll talk to a coach. Sometimes you'll talk to that coach because the coach recruited that uh, player and the coach has been in the home with that player. And so sometimes somebody will say something to you. So, you know, that'll be another cue. But the, the important thing is to be alert and paying attention to what's being said. So sometimes it's basically what they say, what you hear, or sometimes it's what they do. It's usually one of those two. So, and, and then you or the coaching, someone from the coaching staff may step in and be, give some wisdom, give some encouragement, some sharpening, um, just be present in a guy's life. And you almost need to do that so that they can begin to understand ultimately what you're trying to point them to is the goodness of God, the father. And yeah. so that begins a conversation. How, how, how do you transition someone from helping them to understand my relationship with my earthly father was not what I would like for it to be. And then move them to understanding that there is a father who loves them unconditionally. You know, sometimes God will let us see something, hear something and experience something with purpose so that we can learn something about him, ourselves and others. And so uh, this one particular young man, uh, he wasn't using good language. And so the first thing that I began to do is pray. God, Open up an opportunity for me to have a conversation with this young man because I know this isn't language that is conducive for the kind of culture that we want around here. Uh, we don't use, 
our coaches don't use the four-letter words to motivate our players. Coach Freeze is adamant about using good language. Uh, that's something that bothers him. So, so I hear this young man using language that I know isn't good. And so the first thing I do is I say, God, you open up a door, open up an opportunity for this young man and I to have a conversation. So what I'll do is, let's say that this guy's a, he's a great football player. He's working real hard in the weight room. So what I'll do is I'll compliment him on what I see him doing in the weight room. And so I'll find something that he's doing that is good. I'll find something that he is doing that complements our culture. And I will make it a point to talk about that. And then I'll jump from that to say, hey, you know, I've been watching you. I've been listening. And I, not, and I know you're giving great effort in the weight room. I know you, you, you're giving great effort in, in the classroom. But, but, you know, I've been thinking and praying for you. And, and there's something that I, that I would love to have a chat with you about. And that has to do with your language. Uh, you, you got great people skills. You, you get along well with, with, with your teammates. And so I, I try to kill him with the things that he's doing right. And then asking God for wisdom to slip in and talk to him about what I need to really talk to him about. And I have found that when you do that, it opens up the door to be able to tell him what you really want to tell him. And, and I've seen that to be a pretty good tool in getting to, in fact, this one guy that I, that I was talking to, he eventually became one of the spiritual leaders in a position group. But again, uh, I knew God was working in his life. I knew God was trying to do something in his life, and he just needed someone to step in and say, hey, it kind of reminds me when I got saved, Mike. I got saved. We're playing in a summer league basketball championship game, and the referee uh, made a bad call, and I kind of dropped an F-bomb on him, and my spiritual big brother was there. And he said to me after the game, he said, Eddie, he said, I know you got saved. I know God saved you, but hey, you and I got to work on that language. So he began to develop a game plan to help me use the kind of language that was going to be beneficial to me. So, so those are a few things that I have noticed, Mike. Yeah. So you it, it, sometimes it's something small, but then you get into conversations and you begin to understand and, and you get into other behaviors. And, and I'm sure the door opens up for respect issues and integrity issues and purity issues. And, but you keep having those conversations, keep going back and engaging that conversation because that's what a father does. I mean, the father, it's, it's not a one and done in any conversation. I, I, I think about my own fathering, and you know most of my kids, They part of what we've tried to do, and I'm sure you've done this with your kids, is keep having conversations. You want every conversation to end with an invitation to start the next conversation, and it's never terminal. So you keep going. And you know what's amazing too, Mike, is sometimes I'll see one of our players, and let's say he doesn't have a dad. And uh, so I'll say, hey, I got a million dollar question for you. Has anybody told you they love you today? I want you to know I love you. Or if their dad's not there and his mom, you know, I'm having a conversation with, with, with the player and I say, hey, where's your mother at right now? She's at work. I said, uh, put your mother on the phone. So I'll tell the mother, hey, I want you to know that your son is a blessing with a capital B. And sometimes the mother will get choked up. And so we have the conversation and, and she hangs up. And, and then I tell the young man, did you hear what your mother said? Your mother said that that made my day today. And so sometimes the guys who just have the mother, sometimes it's encouraging them because sometimes the mother has to be the mother and the father. And that's hard. It is hard. 
So how do you, do you ever cast vision for these young men for what it's going to look like when they're dads, when they have children to raise and, and what are they going to do differently? Do you ever get into any of those conversations about what the future could look like when they are married and have a family? I, I bet you've got stories about players who've come back and they are different men because of the investments that you and the coaches made at Liberty University while they were playing football. That's a great, uh, great question. And, and yes, I was talking to this one young man about uh, his relationship with his girlfriend. And of course, uh, he grew up in a home where it was just mom. And I said, you have a chance to break that cycle. You have a chance to be the man that God wants you to be. And from your experience, God can use that to allow you to be determined that if God blesses you with a son or a daughter, there's one thing that your kids will never, ever have to worry about is whether mom and dad are going to be there. And so you let God use what you've been through to make you into the person. That's why I'm asking you the hard questions now, because any fish can go downstream. It takes a certain kind of fish to go upstream. And I want you to be the kind of fish that goes upstream. So let God use what you didn't have. Let him use that to make you into who God wants you to be because you can be someone that breaks the chain in your family. How did they respond to that? Do they, because some of the young men that I, I have worked with, man, they want that. They see the stable family. They have that ideal, but some of them see it as, man, that's just a bridge too far. I, there, there's, I, I just don't have the tools. I don't have the help and they give up on it. Um, so how do your guys react to that? I mean, they're in a culture where you can really help them with some of those things. So I'm hopeful that you're you're seeing them respond well to that sort of vision casting. Yeah. And sometimes something that I use, Mike, I will. I got saved when I was 17. So I'll, I'll write 17 on this notepad and then I'll write somewhere on the notepad 68. And then I'll just, you know, it'll be a life journey. So I just kind of scribble. Uh, lines all the way to 68. And then, so I tell them, hey, listen, I don't expect you to see where I'm at. I understand that. But as I look back 51 years ago when I got saved, it was about having the right people in my life at every major point where I had to make a decision. And so my challenge to you is don't focus on where you're going to be. If you will be the man that God wants you to be and be that man every single day, God will take you where he wants you to be. So don't worry about 10 years from now. And by the way, guys, think long term. Be the man that God wants you to be today. And today will take care of tomorrow. And tomorrow will take care of the next day. And before you know it, you'll be experiencing everything that God wanted you to have. Because sometimes it's so easy for these young men to not see what the future looks like. And so I'll come back and say, hey, you remember when you first showed up and you were in the weight room? How much did you bench press? And they'll give me a number. And I'll come back and ask them, are you bench pressing that now? And the obvious answer is no. That's the point. And it's amazing because guys will come back and say, hey, you know what? I didn't really understand all that you said uh, a few years ago, but I'm beginning to see that. Thank you for taking the time to remind me of what it could be like if I take the time to focus one day at a time. Yeah. So you're just teaching them to be faithful right now, and that will establish a pattern of faithfulness. Exactly. Because the, the opposite can go, this can happen as well. We, if we step away from the Lord and the right things and integrity and those sorts of things, if we stop practice, if we stop lifting weights, then all of a sudden 
boy, Satan creeps into that behavior and then you wouldn't be able to bench press as much as you could before. And so you begin to, to move backwards in that whole deal. And you know what's amazing too, Mike, is kids who have come from homes where dad's not been there, there are certain things that they're sensitive to. And so they pay a little more attention to those things that they're sensitive to. And my encouragement is, hey, let God use those as reminders of what he expects of you when you become a dad. And, and, and then, hey, hey, guys, being a parent is not easy. You know, sometimes parents struggle with things. Sometimes dads struggle with things. Uh, if you were in your dad's spot, what would you need right now? You know, so always looking for an opportunity to take a bad experience and, in a nutshell, uh, take the lemon and make lemon juice or lemonade. Before we got started formally here, we were talking about um, you're praying for 55 guys that you, I think, can be in relationship with during the current school year or during the upcoming school year and season that you, you're engaging those guys. So are you meeting on a regular basis with those guys? What, what is your goal when you say, God, give me 55 young men so that I can, can impress, upon, yeah. impress something upon their lives? It's about being intentional. We have our guys in three groups. High interest, these are guys that are intentional about their relationship with God and want to make an impact on our football team. We have the some interest. These guys are saved, not necessarily living a double life, but they're not intentional about their relationship with God. And then the third group is the no interest. These are guys who have not made a decision for Christ. And so what it is, it's being intentional with those three groups of guys. Like there are some guys that are in the no interest. My approach is going to be, hey, man, you, you've got great people skills. You've been working hard. I, I know you want to make a, a difference uh, on our football team. Man, I would love, this is your last year. I would love at the end of this year for you and I to say that we developed a relationship, an intimate relationship. Would you consider giving me 30 minutes every other week just for you and I to talk about life. Some of those guys, it's just about talking about life with the idea of talking to them about something that is spiritual and the greatest need for that guy that's not saved in my conversation is to introduce him to Jesus. But I'm going to use the platform of just talking about him for life. So that's that guy. The other guy that's in the some interest Hey, I'm going to find something that he's doing well, and I'm going, to, I'm going to compliment him for that. But can we have a conversation about what it means to really be all in spiritually? And so each of those groups of men have guys that I'm going after. And the devil says, why, 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 why do you want to go after 55 guys? You, you, you know, you're just wasting your time. But see, I don't listen to the devil because he don't want that to happen. He's trying to talk me out of it. But I ain't listening to him, brother. I'm going to, by faith, trust God to give me 55 guys. And then guys who are in the high interest, I'm helping them to engage in conversations with guys in their position group to say, hey, you have you signed up with Gomes? So I got I got some of my spiritual leaders helping me to do that. So let, let me go back to that first group that you mentioned, the, the guys that um, are the low interest group. And you just you talk about life with them. You know, I. I'm thinking there are probably some guys out there who know young men in their sphere of influence 
who really are lacking a father figure present in their lives. And they know that they could step and and they've got some sort of desire about how to do that. I mean, I, I, I feel sometimes that God is, is calling us, but it's like we got concrete shoes on and we're not moving in the direction of that calling. So help that guy understand how do you begin to talk about life? What topics do you bring up so that you can move the conversation in the direction of Christ and, and really become someone who can point him to Jesus and, and hopefully lead him to faith? That's a great question because, again, we see that in the life of Jesus. Jesus was always paying attention to what was going on around him. And so let's say he's a young man that maybe he wants to become a coach. And so you dialogue, uh, you have a conversation with what it means to become a coach. And then maybe he wants to be a high school coach. So you say, hey, I got a friend of mine that's a high school coach here in town. Would you mind if I set up a meeting with us to just sit down and talk with him about what it means to be a high school coach? Well, let's say... You're talking to a guy that wants to be a medical doctor. He wants to be a dentist. And you say, hey, man, I got a friend of mine. He's a dentist. So you look for those things that they have an interest in. And then you look for people that you know that are in that interest area. And you use that as an opportunity to open the door, to show him that you care about him. And you're going to use that platform to end up introducing him to Jesus. But you find those things that he's interested. Maybe I like, for example, let's say this guy has an interest in uh, building. Let's say it's Christmas time. You say, hey, man, I got a friend of mine. He's got a ministry. And they have this manger manger, uh, uh, thing that they build during the Christmas time. Hey, I'll tell you what. I've got the shop. Let's you and I will go to my house. You're going to find one person that you're going to give that manger scene to. And so... This kid loves carpentry. He loves doing those type of things. So you take something like that and you use it as an opportunity to maybe go get a hamburger or a hot dog or you have a him over for a meal. You build that manger scene. And all you're doing is you're earning the right to get to the point where you say, hey, Johnny, you know, I've been thinking about you, man. I've been praying for you. I know spiritual things right now aren't important to you. But, Johnny, can I tell you about the greatest decision that I made? Can I tell you yeah. what this major scene is all about? So you're always looking for an opportunity to build a relationship so that you can share the gospel. Thank you for joining us on the Nobleman Podcast. We hope that you were blessed and challenged by our conversation with Chaplain Ed Gomes. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to visit our new YouTube channel to listen to Ed's workshops at our past conferences. We ask that you share this episode with others joining us in our mission to see churches equip men to walk with Christ and lead well. God bless you.